Hey everyone, you have Jake flying solo today, and I'm going to be doing a quick little mini-sode on a little independent film called Aquaman and the Fox Kingdom. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't even set myself, <clears throat> I'm laughing there. Um, probably the only one thinks that joke's funny. But this movie, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, is the final film in the DCEU, better known as the Snyderverse. But that iteration, it, that's over. The next film is the James Gunn Superman legacy film, and that's going to kickstart this whole new universe. Even though certain characters are going to be carried over from like the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and potentially Blue Beetle. So not confusing at all. But uh, consider this the end of an era. This film has made, uh, it's at 398. It's going to end up crossing over 400 million um, box office. And it's going to only be, first of all, it's going to be the first film in, I believe, eight films. Going all the way back to the last Aquaman in 2018 that breaks that benchmark of 400 million. I believe that's also going to make it the seventh highest grossing film within the DCEU at 400 million. Um, and it's going to keep growing. It could finish anywhere between 420, 450 with any legs. Um, 500 is potentially possible. I don't think it's going to get there, but um, not bad. It's going to end up making its production budget back, at which is 205 to 215. Um, but, I mean, this film, there's no way to deny it. This film's definitely disappointing. Uh, even hitting those low bars for the DCEU and making its production budget back. But this film made 1.15 uh, and the first one did in 2018, and so to see it make, it's going to end up making 30 to 40 percent of that. Clearly not, clearly a big drop. And we've seen this across multiple films, um, other franchises as well, like Captain Marvel, which made, I believe, it similarly made at 1.1 billion, and that film had an even further drop to 200 million into the sequel. But there, there's clearly, I mean, you can call it a backlash, but it, it's not just a backlash. There's a backlash coinciding with the severe drop in quality while there's an increase in quantity from all these comic book films. I also think what really hurts these comic book films, especially within the last four to five years, the superior comic book content being put out by streamers, whether it's Netflix Academy, excuse me, Umbrella Academy or Sandman on Netflix or The Boys and Invincible on Prime, there are some really, there's some really good alternatives to the DCEU, MCU versions um, available. There's also a lot of great just DC, the Warner Brothers animated films, which I think take more serious tones or more common accurate tones. Um, so, so there's a lot of options out there. Huge drop in terms of performance. The, the Rotten Tomatoes, it's a little weird. Um, it has a 34% from fan, from reviewers, but an 81% from fans. I thought that was interesting. The 81% from fans seemed kind of high. Um, I wasn't surprised by that discrepancy, but it just felt high. So when I went to the first Aquaman, that film had a 66% from critics and a 72% from fans. As I just said, that film made a billion dollars, was successful here, huge internationally, long legs, like... To me, I thought that would correlate to a higher score, but then looking a little deeper, there are 25,000 audience reviews for the first film and only 
two and a half thousand for the second. So I think if anything, that lack that drop off in quantity, there being one tenth the amount of reviews um, for this Aquaman, kind of just shows that, that that to me is most telling of all. Last thing I'll note: the cinema score was a B, um, not good. Ranked for the lowest drop off from the first film, ranked for among the lowest. Um, I believe in the DCEU, tied with Flash and Batman vs Superman, and those are both big disappointments. Even though Batman vs Superman made. Eight hundred seventy-five million. It was a disappointment because it didn't make a billion, and it should have with those characters and the talent in that film. You heard me say that before. Okay, that's a lot. The reason I'm going into this <clears throat> that surprised me when I looked at it. I'd heard that stat, but it didn't really. So, I didn't connect with me. They had eight films in a row that have failed to make four hundred million. This film is going to break that streak, but it's going to take it with a lot of legs. And this still isn't going to make its money back when you count for marketing cost. This is bad. And what's upsetting here is this was their best, this was their only billion dollar franchise. It also, like, talked about elevating a character, made Aquaman cool. Even though it had this funny, quirky tone, it elevated Aquaman and Momoa to, I feel like, this new stratosphere that was really, didn't seem feasible. It was joked about in Entourage with Vinny Chase making Aquaman cool. You need James Cameron, blah, blah, blah. It's funny that there was a director named James here, but um, it just, there was a lot going for the first film, huge drop off here. I didn't want to see this film, but um, after going through all the awards films, basically, this was kind of the only thing that, that I hadn't seen yet. So I ended up seeing it somewhat reluctantly. And to be honest, it was fine. Like, I didn't love the first film. I thought it overperformed. Um, to me, I was, I thought Wonder Woman would have been the film to make a billion. Uh, just looking, having seen all of them and not without knowing their box office. But knowing that, respecting that this film made a billion, even if I don't love a film that makes a billion, I, I you have to respect, I think that it's like winning a championship almost, like, or a belt in wrestling. You gotta, you gotta tip your cap. And so this was my favorite film, but I liked it in this one. I mean, I heard someone call it like a, I've just, <laughs> there've been a lot of puns I've heard used with like wet turd, turgid, turd, like all these like basically references to how crappy the film is. It's a drop off from the first one, but not significantly. <clears throat> the one thing I will say, what really stood out to me Several things. Almost all negative. First, Momoa was just, like, it reminded me of Thor and Love and Thunder. Like, the tone was just off. It felt like the character was a joke. He was treating it as a joke. <clears throat> like, the only times he really kind of lit up were the joke scenes. And then he just kind of felt like he was phoning it in on other ones. And <clears throat> Excuse me. I just didn't love that. The... People who I thought were actually doing a better job were actually Amber Heard, N Nicole Kidman. They weren't in it as much. Even Tamara Morrison, I, I thought they were all, they all felt kind of wooden to me, along with Patrick Wilson. In the first film, I thought they were all pretty wooden. And to me, Momoa had the most charm and charisma and was really like the gravity of that film. With him kind of phoning it in, or again, like feeling like a joke that kind of runs stale, I was surprised. Not that the other four people I just mentioned make up for that, but Patrick Wilson was a much better in this role. He felt less wooden. He felt more natural. He felt a little more compelling. 
And the other three were just solid. They're interesting side characters. But without Momoa, and they've really cut out Amber Heard, there's a bunch of drama with Heard. Apparently, at the time she was dating Musk, when they were in pre-production, they were going to cut her. He threatened to sue or buy out the whole company. There was all this stuff back and forth. So they for he forced, the rumor was Elon Musk forced her to stay on during production. And it was clear they didn't want her. She was barely used, and I was surprised. Um, just because she was one of the few things for me that worked in the film. In addition to those changes from that returning cast, the two other people they went back, they bring back Yahya Abdul-Mateen uh, II as um, Mano Ray, and they bring back Randall Park. And I was just totally disappointed. Randall Park is Stephen Chin. Randall Park's character just is literally a windmill. He goes where the story needs him to. He's not really a bad guy, but he's just an enabler. And he does all these terrible things, but he feels really bad about it. He's just this weird, wishy-washy character that's like kind of lukewarm. Then you have Yahya Abdul-Mateen as David Kane slash Black Mana. I'm sorry, I said Man Ray Black Mana from the first one. And he was awesome. He was my favorite part. He was over the top, but he was so fun and chewed up so much scenery in the first film. I really enjoyed him as this high-tech pirate. And in this film, they just take all that charm away. They basically have him... He's trying to avenge his dad, the death of his dad. Obviously, it's going to make someone a little dour, but he's a complete buzzkill to start. He then gets possessed, so he's basically pretending to be this other evil demonic character. And any charm, nuance, character quirks he had in the first film, I just feel like are gone. And he's completely charmless, too. And I, I just did not like it. Like, it just didn't work for me. And... He's basically just a super-powered muscle that goes around. He doesn't really act as the big bad. He's just, once again, instilling that enforcer role, which just does not, again, for me, really work. The real villain is Palu Aspect from <clears throat> Game of Thrones, who's playing Kordax, this legendary, the legendary brother to Atlan, who he ruled the lost kingdom of Necris. Uh, he turned them evil, yada, yada, yada. He's the one who's really bad because he's the one who's really enforce doing everything. And just like same mistake I have with Marvel movies. Of course, you can't have the African-American or Asian character be bad. There's got to be some evil white guy behind them. Uh, I know that's not really what they're doing, but it's just this story or pattern storytelling pattern has become so, I think, rote's the right word. It just it's not it's boring. It's played. Like, if you don't want a bad guy, if you're unwilling to make an African-American or Asian or any minority character a villain, then don't make them a villain. Don't put them in a villain role. Like, there's only, that's the only way, I, there's the only way around it. Really bothered me. They did it again. Ugh. It wasn't all bad. They're definitely trying, they do their best to integrate some environmental themes in there but it's like a for effort f for d for execution it's literally oh like how are they going to do it they're just having the bad guys poison the air by burning these fossil fuels basically secretly that's causing all these mass events that are killing everyone and causing all this catastrophe it's like pretty on the nose <laughs> and like they don't really explore it in any 
any deeper than that. And they just have the people burning it as like intensely evil. Um, it was just, it was weird that they put so much attention on that in the lead up and writing into it that, oh, we're going to focus on these themes. And they did in the first one. I think it worked a little better where there's Atlantis kind of reacting against the pollution. In this one, it just, it didn't work as well for me. Did not love it. I did love Martin Short as Kingfish. And I did love the brief like buddy cop dynamic they had between Arthur and um, Orm or Patrick Wilson and Momoa. Again, though, in that, though, like Orm or Patrick Wilson's doing most of the heavy lifting, and it just feels like, honestly, Jason Momoa is in an SNL skit, like as, instead of a movie in a, lot of the, in a lot of that dynamic in most of the film. The action, I mean, it's, the action was just CGI goop. I, I didn't love this film. Um, similar, though, to, I feel like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumverse, and even Marvels, these aren't the worst films I've seen from either of these studios, even in the last five years, I would say. But they're bearing the brunt of what's been really bad output. I mean, if you count, let's count dceu 2018 to 2019 we'll call we'll make 2019 early 2019 we'll make mid 2019 the demarcation point because after that endgame came out and i think it was april and that was basically out of theaters uh by the summer we're approaching five years they have not had a lot of hits they've had spider-man spider-verse i'm sorry yeah they've had the spider-verse films but those are technically different they've had spider-man far from home that's it. They had the Batman, Robert Pattinson, but that's isolated. That's not part of these like individual universes. Neither of these have had a hit. The DCEU's rebooting and the MCU, they might be forced to reboot. They've just punted on this whole phase instead of going back to any of the characters we wanted outside of Thor and Doctor Strange. They've just completely they basically did this spread the ball offense where they spread it like five wide. And without building anything. And they just have everyone pass. It's like ISO ball. Everyone's doing their own thing. No one's come back together. And I'm going to get off my, my Marvel band box. But okay. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Did not love it. Some things to like. Some things not to like. I'm going to give this home a 4.5 out of 10. That might seem high. Um, it's a fun two-hour stupid film. Now, stupid might be harsh, but no, I mean, it's pretty, it's childish. We'll call it childish film. Um, I think it's more so for kids and families. I think that's why it might have longer legs and, and be able to stretch out even further to maybe $500 million. Um, Not the disaster that it could have been. Uh, it's pretty, uh, it's a moderate success for DCEU, but it definitely is going, sending DCU out with a whimper and just a lot of lost opportunity here with the film. And the one thing I'll say, last thing I'll say about the DCU with Aquaman going out, I'm just really disappointed by these. And again, I don't know if it, they were hamstrung by the producers or executives, but it felt like these films could have really taken some shots between Blue Beetle, The Flash, this film, like all the DCU films that have come out in the last two or three years when they pretty much knew this project was over. I'm just surprised they all played it so safe. They all basically had these really boring, lame, like childish, cartoonish plots. So uh, I think this is, I don't know if it was a nail in the coffin or, or if it was basically the people just playing their favorite songs as they went down with the ship, not really caring. Like, I, I don't know, but 
disappointing franchise, disappointing film to a disappointing end to a disappointing franchise. But anyone who's listening to me knew that, so no surprise there. All right, thank you. That's Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. I will talk to you all soon. Later.